National Outlet Shopping Day is back. Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets Nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day. And the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD. Hello, I'm Jennifer Palmieri, here again with my co-host, former Senator Claire McCaskill. Welcome to another episode of How to Win 2024. As the 2024 race heats up and with so much going on domestically and abroad, we wanted to take a moment to answer some of your questions. We're recording this on Wednesday, October 17th, but you're probably getting this in your earbuds around October 26th. So if there's a question we missed, feel free to reach out and we'll try to cover it in a future episode. Uh, Claire, we've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's jump into these questions. Sounds good. Let's go. Okay. First question comes from Charlotte Waters. And oh, her question. Claire and I have both heard this our entire career. How can Democrats... <laughs> I mean, it's always... It is always the A1 number one question anyone who's not in politics asks me. How can Democrats do a better job of messaging? Republicans are so much better at their negative messaging and reference to Democrats than Democrats are about refuting their lies and showing what good they've done. They also need to be better at pointing out how dangerous Republicans have have been and will be. Claire? Yeah, this question is frustrating and you're right. It always seems the grass is greener on the other side. Now, I will admit (laughs) there is a bad habit that Democrats have. They actually want to talk about policy in depth. They have a tendency to want to show folks that they not only want to talk about climate change They want to drill down and tell you everything about the advantages of electric vehicles and why solar is wonderful. And and then they'll move right on to, well, let's talk about energy independence. And then, you know, it is true that Democrats have a tendency to not stay disciplined and repetitive. And Jen, I know you have told candidates over and over again, as people have told me over and over again, You've got to be disciplined and repetitive. And the repetitive part is what gets so difficult. For everybody to say something simple and strong and just keep saying it over and over again is boring. I remember being on an airplane with Barack Obama during the 2008 campaign. And he said, if I have to say the same three things four more times today, I think I'm going to lose it. Because he was so tired of the discipline of the message. But that's the issue. Can Democrats stay disciplined? They've got a strong message on freedom. They've got a strong message on preserving democracy. They've got a strong message on gun safety. The question is, can they limit it to just the two or three things that really will make a difference in winning in 2024 or will they feel the need to show the depth of their knowledge on every issue known to man? As a senator, you were really good on saying the message. And I remember during the 16 campaign, uh, when I was Hillary's communications director, I would come up to address the caucus or some semblance of the caucus. And Claire would be the one in front of the group being like, we are going to do what she says. <laughs> and we... <laughs> Like, I don't really care what your concerns are about the Clinton campaign's messaging. 
You were going to say what Jennifer tells us to say, but I want to push back on one piece of the premise of the question because part of the reason why Democrats are different from Republicans, also part of the reason why the Republic is still standing is because Democrats are different from Republicans and we do care about details and we care about policy. And I think partly because we're always, to simplify it, Democrats are more often trying to change things. Republicans usually are for the status quo. So Democrats will argue about the details of the policy um, because they think that part matters. And also in terms of the negative messaging, our voters aren't like Republican voters. A lot of negative messaging doesn't always work with Democratic voters. So just because the Republicans seem good at their game doesn't mean that it works for Democrats and Democratic voters. Also, as you noted, the grass is always greener. Every reporter will laugh and say all Democrats think Republicans are super disciplined and all Republicans think that Democrats are super disciplined. So there is an element of that. But I would say who is really disciplined is Hakeem Jeffries and the House Democratic Caucus. I've talked to Jeffries about this, and he thinks that for Democrats to break through in the Trump age, which is all about chaos, and he gets covered so much, and normal doesn't get covered as much as chaos— repetition and simplicity. Um, And he has been very good in drilling that into the House Democratic Caucus. I think that's partly why you see them so unified, but also why you see them, you know, we're recording this in the middle of the speaker troubles and Jeffries got asked who was worse than the other, Jim Jordan or Kevin McCarthy. And he said, one may be in different packaging, but both of them voted to overturn the election. Uh, Both of them are behind an extreme MAGA agenda. He's always bringing it back to that basic argument that that's their core argument, which is the House Republican Caucus represents extreme MAGA agenda. So it can be done. Yep, it can. So Jessica W. asked us, should Democrats take a page out of the Republicans' playbook and put more focus on Donald Trump's mental fitness and age? Are they fair game? What say you, Jen? Uh, I think they can and they are. If you look at the Biden-Harris HQ Twitter X account, you will see that not so much his age as his mental fitness. And, you know, our friend Joe Scarborough likes to point this out a lot on Morning Joe. He seems to think he's running against Barack Obama. This is, (laughs) I mean, it's a real question if he knows that he's running against Joe Biden because Donald Trump so often talks about Obama, how he's doing relative to Obama or how he might have beaten Obama. And they are in their digital messaging. If you look at that account, that's mostly what it is. It's calling him out on things that are just crazy, don't make sense, are wrong, in factually correct. Um, not in a fact checky kind of way, but in a this man is not mentally fit. Yeah, I think it's really important that Democrats don't lose sight of the fact that what Donald Trump does and says every day is batshit crazy. I think we get so numb to it. Right. He says and does. I mean, I remember back in the day when he first became president. In fact, I remember the day he was inaugurated and his inauguration speech was batshit crazy. And as President President Bush said, that was some weird shit. Exactly. And then every day was a fresh set of, did he say that? Is this really a guy who should have this kind of power? So I do think it's important not to just assume that everyone will remember. Yeah. 
all the things he say that show his mental instability to be a leader of the most powerful country on the planet. And his age is fair game too. He is no spring chicken. He may be slightly younger than Joe Biden, but he ain't much younger. So I think it's important that they, everyone continue to point that out. He's an old guy, too. We got two old white guys running. That's the bottom line. <laughs> that's it, people. That's, what, that's what's happening. Also, I mean, if you look at the two of them and in terms of their physical fitness and their, like, relative health, I think, you know, President Biden clearly stands out as the one that's in better condition. But you can't become, and I have noticed just in the last few weeks, Trump's speech just becoming more and more unhinged. It may be the uh, pressure of the trials getting to him. Um, but you can't become a nerd to it or make it normal. But, you know, the Biden campaign needs to take this from the digital campaign and to saying this stuff in real life when I presume that will happen or more than a year out. But it's a marked difference. They are definitely going after him on that angle. And by the way, I'm not saying that Biden should do this, but others should yeah, do this. Right, right. I think it's really important because it gets in Trump's head to talk about him being fat. Um <laughs> I mean, seriously, it gets in his head. It totally does. It really does. I mean, he, he used to decide who was in his cabinet based on how they looked. He wanted a certain look. He's been so hyper-focused on appearance. He trades in wives like others trade in used cars just to get a younger, prettier model. So it is one of those things like he's that— such that, a prize. Yes, exactly. I mean, there's a reason he won't ever take off his jacket. Now, I can relate because uh, yeah. I struggled with my weight most of my adult life. I'm not saying Same. I'm some kind of skinny mini here, but, you know, uh, D Donald Trump's fat and people all start <laughs> saying it out loud. Bottom line. Oh, my God. Okay. Question from Julie Farmer. Even if Biden wins in 2024, Trump will claim yet again that the election was fraudulent. Round two of this chaos. What is the Democratic plan for this eventuality? I love that she says eventuality because Julie Farmer is not messing around. She knows like what is going to happen here. Yeah, well, he's going to do it. But you know what? It, it will not be as outrageous the next time he does it because everybody's going to go, oh, well, duh. He's going to say it was fraud because we've all seen this movie right. before. And I, I know people watch movies over and over again, but this is one movie that people aren't going to want to watch. And I think right. there will be a massive tune out of him at that point, including in the media. Yeah. Now, if he were to foment another insurrection, that would be another thing. But once again, I think he's going to have a hard time getting people to attack police officers and violently enter a government building because everybody has watched what has happened to the people that were on the front lines of that ugly attempted coup. And a whole bunch of them will still be in prison when Donald Trump loses this election. Wow, that is true. Yeah, a lot of them will still be in prison. Uh, a couple other things about this. On the one hand, there are some concerning things that have happened in states, particularly in battleground states, where at the county level, officials that upheld votes, upheld democracy in the last election, 2020, have been removed or lost elections or removed by Republicans. So there is a concern there. The good news, the secretaries of state in the battleground states that we were concerned about 
Arizona, Michigan. Those secretaries of state, Democrats all won in 2022. So we have a good fortress at the state level. I think that at the courts level, there's this group called Democracy Docket. It's run by a lawyer, Mark Elias, who tried most of the cases in 2020 where Trump failed in the courts. And then finally, in terms of preventing the Republicans from being successful in the Congress, elect a Democratic House, people, because the Congress that is elected in November of 2024 will be the Congress that certifies the election. So it will not be Speaker Jordan or Speaker, whoever the Republican Speaker ends up, it will be whoever wins. This is one of the biggest reasons for the Democrats taking the House back. If Democrats take the House back in 24, Speaker Hakeem Jeffries will be presiding over the next January 6th, not a Republican speaker. Thank you, Charlotte, Jessica, and Julie for those great questions, but we're not done yet. After the break, we're answering more of your questions. Stay tuned. National Outlet Shopping Day is back. Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets Nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day. And the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD. Welcome back. We are here answering more of your questions. This one comes from Laura Schabel. Laura's question is, we keep hearing about polls that make no sense. (laughs) 60 or 70% of Republicans supporting another Trump presidency. Here is my question. Is the number of self-identified Republicans now greatly reduced such that 70% of a much smaller universe is a less threatening number than it sounds? How do we analyze this? Yeah, well, she's, she's got something there. Pew is now showing that we have the highest number of voters identifying as independent. And there's some that used to say they were Democrats, but more that used to say they were Republicans that are now saying they're independent. And the reason those polls don't make sense is that all of us that have watched closely what this guy has done can't imagine thinking that (laughs) another presidency would be a good idea for uh, the, the former guy. So I think it's hard to digest that there's that many people within a party that are supporting him. But it, it really is probably close to 60 as opposed to 70. And mm-hmm. that means there's 40% that don't. And that's the good news for the Biden team. And we will get to questions about third-party candidates, but there are going to be a significant number of Republicans, more so than normal in a presidential election, that will not vote for the nominee of their party on the assumption that Donald Trump is the nominee. I as I assume he will be. Yeah. And then look at the big picture. That just means yeah. there's about 25 to 30 percent of the country that's actually locked into Trump. That's a lot of room for Biden to vacuum up votes. I spent a lot of time at Trump rallies, so I'm not surprised to see a 60% number. I mean, I I talked to a lot of these folks and I hear their reasons for why they're there. But the larger point is that means we're talking about 25 or 30% of the country. 
Okay, Michelle Schwartz has a question. Uh, A guess to the percentage of votes cast for third-party candidates. Who is hurt more, Republicans or Democrats? Is there going to be a no-labels ticket? So, as you know, we're going to do a whole episode on this question because it's such an important topic and it's tricky. I would say the fundamental answer is you can't know who is going to be hurt more by a third-party ticket. In terms of the no-labels effort, there has been a lot of research done, sponsored by a group called Third Way, that is very concerned that a no-labels ticket will help elect Trump. Right now, what we have in terms of third party is RFK Jr., who registered as an independent to run for president. The sort of overall conventional wisdom theory is that probably hurts Trump, but you can't know, and it's scary. And the bottom line is a independent run, a third-person run, could impact one, two, or three percent of the vote in battleground states, and that could very well be the margin of victory. So even with a small percentage of the vote, they could be spoilers, and we're going to take more of a look at this. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember, this is a place where I want to inject some behind-the-scenes political know-how, and that is targeting. There will be an acute knowledge that the Democrats need to talk about this and warn people off of voting for a third-party candidate. And the way that you can target communications now is astounding. I remember when back in the day when the only way we really had to target was just really in broad strokes. But now with the online catalog of traits and characteristics that would support one of these candidates, the Democrats can target a very, very specific message about why Cornell West would elevate Donald Trump and why RFK would elevate Donald Trump and point out the dangers to the very people that would be most likely to wander off and vote for a third-party candidate, uh, including no labels. And believe me, the, the campaign for president and campaigns for Congress and senators and governors are all going to be paying very close attention to the characteristics that people possess that are likely to go third party, and they will double down and spend a lot of money making sure they are communicating the warning of what's at stake if people do actually look at a third party candidate. And I think that there are some Democrats that think a third party, you know, they think RFK Jr. or someone else might actually help Democrats. I I don't like playing God. My warning to Democrats is we have run and won this race once before, head to head, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Don't get too cute. Don't make this complicated. I think a straight up choice of just the two of them is the best way. Not that it's going to be up to us, but... My view is we don't need more monkey wrenches in here. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. You're saying let don't try to promote one of them that it looks yeah. like would be hurting Trump more. But I right. do think they've got to make sure they communicate carefully and yeah. thoroughly to potential yes. third party voters that there is a real danger to our country doing that this particular cycle. All right, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to answer some questions you didn't ask, but we think you need to know about. We'll be right back. National Outlet Shopping Day is back. 
Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets Nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day. And the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD. Welcome back. For our last round of questions, we're going to do a segment called Not That You Asked, where we answer some questions we think you may need to know about. Uh, Take it away, Claire. Why does it seem like Trump's rivals are in retreat right now? Pence, Scott, and Haley have all filed for the Nevada primary, which doesn't get you any delegates. It doesn't help you win the presidential nomination. And they have not filed to participate in the caucuses in Nevada, which does get you delegates and does matter. And Tim Scott's PAC has announced that they have canceled all of their television buys for the fall. Very weird. Uh, That's a strange thing to do. It doesn't signal strength. It signals retreat. So what's going on here? Why is this happening right now? Uh, They are all running out of money, (laughs) Uh, is the short answer. If you're going to participate in the Republican presidential primary and actually win, you want to participate in the Nevada caucus as opposed to the Nevada primary. The Nevada caucus is where delegates are actually awarded, and it's very expensive to participate in a caucus. Haley is doing the best out of the sort of non-Trump tier candidates in terms of raising money because she did well in the last two debates, but even she doesn't have a lot. DeSantis is really in tough straits. He's like moved his entire team to Iowa because he thinks that's his last stand and he doesn't have a lot of money to compete elsewhere. Pence is basically out of money. I was with him last week and he even said so. He's like, soon you all realize that finances are not my strength. And I think that it like begs a larger question. The week that President Trump said that Hezbollah was smart and that Israel and blamed Israel for the Hamas attacks, I, I was out on the trail and I went to Hampshire with most of these folks, Haley, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Pence, Scott, and most of them really stepped up their attack on Trump for a bit. And then they kind of peeled back. And, you know, what their theory is, is... That coming out of Iowa and New Hampshire, South Carolina, you get to Super Tuesday, there will be Trump and one other Republican who can stand as the alternative to Trump. And that these early states really aren't about anyone in the field beating Trump so much as they are settling on who that number two alternative to Trump is going to be. So that is what their theory is about how they eventually become an alternative to Trump. But like, I just don't think it's going to work. I think it's way too late. I think that, you know, he wins Iowa and it's kind of done. Yeah, interesting. There are still some billionaires out there that are not giving up on Youngkin. I know. And you see Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, raised like $4 million in 48 hours in like two or three multi-million dollar checks from billionaires who are trying to help him run the table in Virginia in their elections in November. Um, We should probably spend some time on Virginia maybe in a future episode before those elections occur because it would be a big deal if Youngkin pulled that off. I mean, Biden won there decisively, but 
the reason these billionaires are giving Youngkin this money is they have some fantasy that if he does run the table, all of a sudden he can become the national story and there's a whole lot of money that has dried up because all the big donors have just decided the ones that are running don't have a chance. Really will be interesting if they have success in Virginia, if the floodgates open and Youngkin enters, even though all of us that have been around it a while think it's too late and will be too little, but uh, it's something that we ought to at least keep in the mix in terms of our discussions. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that is a fantasy. The the truth is Republican voters, or at least 60% of them don't want an alternative to Trump. They don't. Yep. (laughs) Republican donors do, Republican billionaires do, but the voters are going to decide this don't seem to want that. Okay. Let's do this one. Why don't you go ahead with the one that we think we ought to answer that wasn't asked, Jen? U.S. involvement in the Israel and Hamas war has already gotten more complicated with the bombing of a hospital in Gaza. Uh, How does President Biden continue to navigate this very tricky situation without hurting his chances in 2024? Uh, Carefully. Yeah. And frankly, this is a question that's hard to answer right now a year from now would be a really good time to answer this question. Uh, As we speak, things are very, very volatile in the entire region. And the explosion at the hospital is a good example of what happens in war and the unintended consequences because Israel is saying they did not do this. They are saying emphatically that this was a misfired missile that caused the explosion at the hospital. And that was a mistake made by one of the extremist groups uh, that is fighting on behalf of Hamas in the Gaza Strip. So I I think it's too early to tell what impact it's going to have. I think him going to the region is strong, but it could go either way. And listen, I know we're supposed to act like we know everything all the time. And it's, a <laughs> frankly, that's a description of a United States senator, right? I mean, the job description is always act like you know what you're talking about, even when you don't. But um, this is really a question that I think is totally unanswerable at this point. But it will be clear whether it has been a positive or a negative long about next September. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I would say as a communicator and somebody who, you know, as I worked for President Obama and, you know, we didn't face quite this situation, but difficult situations in Iraq and Syria. And if you step back and look at the political lens, what's the fundamental contrast here and what what we, we want President Biden to be on the side of normal sanity and Trump is chaos. So anything where he is... You know, and the problem is this looks like chaos. So what he needs to be positioned as the senior statesman of the world that is trying to instill calm. So the contrast is that Trump would contribute more to the chaos that's happening in the world. And it is all the more reason why you need a very experienced, calm, measured statesman like Joe Biden as president of the United States. Because what the problem is, the Republicans will will say that this is chaos that that Biden can't manage. But I think you want to have that contrast with Trump in mind. And of course, the big thing that people will worry about is that, well, this isn't like 20 years ago where presidents could gain in standing because of conflicts abroad. 
because 20 years on, we're so fatigued from Iraq and Afghanistan that the first concern people go to is, is the U.S. going to have to get involved militarily and staying away from them? Yeah, I, I mean, just to kind of tie this up with a bow, clearly it will be a positive if Biden can navigate and bring help bring some diplomatic solutions to the thorniest international problem that has been on the table for decades and decades. But he's also president with two wars. And so Trump is going to keep it simple. We didn't have wars when I was president. We have wars when Biden is president. On the other hand, Trump has a problem because his best buddies are all coming down on the side of the radical extremists who went went into Israel and slaughtered children and took hostages. Putin is is showing signs that he cares about Hamas. Obviously, Iran is funding this stuff. And, you know, so the bad guys in the world are not strongly supporting Israel. So it puts Trump in a bad position because he loves the bad guys of the world. And as obviously you said, you know, that Hezbollah is very smart. I mean, what a lame brain thing to say. So we'll see how this turns out. But it's frankly, it could be a positive and a negative for both of them. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with much, much more. We're glad you're listening to our podcast, How to Win 2024. If you have questions for us, whether it's about the 2024 race or our own personal experience in politics, you can send it to howtowinquestions at NBCUNI.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 646-974-4194, and we might answer it on the pod. The senior producer for this show is Alicia Conley. Jessica Schrecker and Ivy Green are segment producers. Our technical director is Bryson Barnes. Paul Robert Monsi and Cedric Wilson are our audio engineers. Jamaris Perez is the associate producer. Aisha Turner is the executive producer for MSNBC Audio. And Rebecca Cutler is the senior vice president for content strategy at MSNBC. Search for How to Win 2024 wherever you get your podcasts and follow the series. National Outlet Shopping Day is back. Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets Nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day. And the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD.